T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. This hour of the Mark Reardon Show is sponsored by Gamma Tree Experts. Your trees deserve the best care. Call Gamma Tree Experts. The owners of this country know the truth. It's called the American dream because you have to be asleep to believe it. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international depression. Mark Reardon. So in the words of my late friend Aretha Franklin, show some R-E-S-P-I-C-T. This is the Mark Reardon Show. Well, 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 good afternoon. I was uh, candidly in my uh, little office that I share with Mark Cox and producer Abby, and then Brad walked by and said hi. And I realized that the other show had ended, so I think it's time to start this show this afternoon. Good afternoon, Sue Thomas. How are you? I am fine. Thank you. Gorgeous day. You are very, uh, you know, we had yesterday off. First of all, I hope you enjoyed that. But you have yes. the, um, it looks almost like a St. Patrick's Day themed vest on today. <laughs> so it's very spring-like for the weather. I yes. can appreciate that. But Thank did, you. Did you enjoy the holiday? Yeah, I, I got a couple really great bike rides in. It was just fantastic. It's hard to believe it's February. Well, it was great weather. We, there's no doubt about that. My daughter had off school, and I took advantage of that. My goal yesterday was to try to keep her away from the iPad and TV, and, and that was pretty much a success. There was a – how did I do this diplomatically without you know being too uh, gross? It's just one of those things that happens. But she likes to spend time in the bathroom – with her iPad oh, for sure. extended periods. Sure. She's and not who, the only one. And who doesn't? Right, exactly. So there was there was an allowance for that yesterday, which <laughs> tends to go on forever. But no, she got out. She rode her bike. We took the dogs Good. to uh, George Winter Park, which is a great place. We uh, we did some other things, and um, it was fantastic. So I enjoyed the weekend. You know, I went to Kansas City for the uh, Springsteen concert. We'll talk a little bit about that. We got a big concert announcement here in St. Louis today with Guns N' Roses coming to Bush Stadium, which I think is a, a pretty big announcement. We'll get into all of that and a whole lot more. But, Sue, so I got to start, and Kevin Colleen came in here from the uh, KMWX side of the building to talk about this terrible case with um, Danielle Riley. And you know, I, I have a, a daughter who is just starting to be an athlete. I have these girls next door, one of whom is very involved in in volleyball and travels around the country. And this was a kid who was here from Tennessee that's here for a tournament. And what happened to her is disgusting, revolting, and very, very sad. And Kevin's going to give us the update this afternoon. It, this one's hard to talk about, Colleen. How are you this afternoon? Yeah, good. You know, we all uh, say, what if that were my daughter? A 16-year-old girl, whole life ahead of her, comes to St. Louis with thousands of others for this volleyball tournament. 
And, you know, the backstory is we've had all this wild driving downtown, the squealing of tires and running of red lights. And she's walking along with her mom and dad at a harmless-looking intersection, uh, St. Charles and 11th Street. It's near some parking lots. It's not too far from we, where we are right now. This yeah. is only about three or four it's blocks about away, 8:30 right? about 8.30 at night over the weekend. And uh, along comes uh, this car that uh, allegedly was going about 20 miles over the limit, driven by uh, Daniel Riley. And uh, the father in court today said that the force of the impact pulled his daughter out of his arms and he had to use a belt to try to tourniquet her leg and keep her from bleeding to death. And the mother uh, told the judge, don't let this guy out on bond. I feel like my soul has been ripped from me. And then later today, after the hearing, they were going to go to the hospital where she's still on a ventilator and uh, take her off the ventilator and tell her the facts of life that she has lost her leg. She did not know that yet. Yeah, let me let me correct because I said Daniel uh, Riley. That's Daniel Riley is the suspect, right? Who's twenty one, and Janae is the young girl who is in the hospital. There's Janae Edmondson. There's a little bit of video from a distance where you see this vehicle that speeds down Eleventh Street at St. Charles, flipping over, hits multiple other vehicles, and she gets essentially pinned underneath the vehicle, right? Yeah, and here's where the case gets so St. Louis. Sadly, even more sadly, right? You could argue that the uh, alleged reckless driver should have been in prison. He should have been behind bars because uh, two and a half years ago, he was arrested on suspicion of an armed robbery and he was given an ankle bracelet and uh, KMOX has learned that he violated the terms of his home confinement more than 50 times. Oh, Kevin. 52 times. Yeah. And nothing. No. He's still out driving. No. Well, I saw I saw a statement from the circuit attorney's office where they deflected blame on the judges. I have someone online. Jane tweeted this out. Somebody said they called the mayor's office and somebody said we uh, we send that young girl her best wishes. Right. Best wishes. You got somebody whose legs were amputated because a criminal should have been in jail, maimed her. That's what Ms. Duker wrote. And she's right. Complete downgrade from thoughts and prayers. Disgusting. So at this point, he is in jail. Right. Yeah, no bond. And uh, here's where I do have a blind spot on this story, uh, to be honest. We haven't heard a comment from the courts yet on are you guys to blame for keep uh, letting this guy out after he was uh, caught violating his home confinement. We're waiting for a statement from the judge. But here's the way it's supposed to work. There's a company called uh, Total uh, Court Services out of Michigan that cities contract with, and they do the ankle bracelet monitoring. I mean, Sue, you get an ankle bracelet and you go out of your house. Then at headquarters at Total Court Monitoring, it says Sue Thomas has left her property. Uh-huh. And then they are supposed to send an email or some notification immediately to the prosecutor and the defense attorney for whatever case okay. you were arrested for. And then the prosecutor, under this arrangement, we understand, is supposed to tell the judge and say, let's have a bond revocation hearing for okay. Sue Thomas. But... It's not clear who dropped the ball. Uh, I have not been in touch with this company. It's assumed that they're the least likely to have dropped the yes. ball because this is their business. They sent out an order. But uh, the prosecutor, as you mentioned, is trying to blame the judges, saying the judges were aware of it. However, that's not is going so far as to say I asked for a bond revocation and they didn't give it. Oh, okay. It's just... Oh. 
it, it's horrifying to think that that this happened. And, and not only that it happened, because, look, we got to be honest, crazy things happen. You have weird accidents that happen. But, Kevin, you sort of nailed it when you said, sadly, it's such a St. Louis thing, because in too many of these cases, we find out after the fact, after the tragedy, right, after a young girl's legs are removed in a horrible accident, that this guy should have been behind bars in the first place. And certainly there's got to be culpability. How can you have not, uh, no one accept responsibility, whether it's Kim Gardner's office or the judges here to say, we screwed up, right? I think those are answers, obviously, that you're trying to track down right now. Yeah, and it's not like, again, like he violated this thing 15 times, more than 50 times. 50 times. He was out on the streets, and, and this latest case, downtown, driving around, and I guess there's just not some mechanism where they can arrest somebody and say, hey, we got a violator here and he's locked up. Right. There, there's maybe a perception that he's going to be let go. Why bother? Or, or maybe the police aren't being notified to make the arrest. I don't know who's dropping the ball. Right. Well, those are questions I think that need to be answered at this point for sure. But in the meantime, we, we I don't know what to, what do you even say about this young girl? I mean, she's 16, like... Kevin, you said she's got her whole life in front of her, and now that life changes dramatically. I mean, you can say, I don't even know if you can say, thank God she's alive, because let's face it, one of the first things she's going to think when she's told that is, I probably I wish I wasn't alive. Now, you've seen people do great things when they're amputees, and, and she'll find a, a power probably within her to do something positive, but it's just sickening when you think about it. So I don't know where the answers are, but we got to get some. Kevin, can I ask a, just a detail question? Or is the story then that this guy was speeding so fast? Did he hit her on the sidewalk? Was she in a car? I bet I'm not. I wasn't. Oh, uh, it was. Uh, she was a pedestrian. She was on the sidewalk with her mom and dad walking along, and his car was said to have been going about twenty miles over the limit. So maybe that's. So he went but, off but like the road on a downtown side street. Yeah. Twenty miles over the limit is and, pretty fast. And so it was a chain reaction accident. Right. His so car hit, hit another, else. and that hit another, that's and what one I, okay. of them flipped over. And oh. the, the girl ended up pinned against another car, and that's when the dad came over with the tourniquet to try to stop and oh, save her life. All right. Sorry, I, I, I wanted to know, but I didn't. But thank you. Ugh. She was, um, she was playing in the uh, Mid-Tennessee Volleyball Club for several years, was in St. Louis for the Nike President's State Classic. That's an all-ages tournament that was held Saturday through Monday by Capital Sports. That's that group in, in Indiana. Capital Sports has done that since 2010. I'm pretty sure, you know, I, I mentioned Jane weighing in on this. Her daughter was involved in competitive volleyball, and I remember her going to this event down at the Dome for many mm. years. So, uh, the, and, and even this guy's attorney, I guess he's just being an attorney. He's like, hey, we, he tries to get bond reduced or his client allowed based on what, Kevin, do you know that? He said, um, I saw the one comment in here from, from the attorney. I guess it's just the attorney being the attorney, right? He's yeah, done nothing they, they'll, else. They'll throw anything yeah, up. Exactly. All but, right, well, keep us posted on this one for sure. Yeah, one, one other thing is, uh, apart from the personal tragedy, it's just another Google black eye for St. Louis big for one. our convention business. Right. Yep. If you're trying to decide, should I bring a big convention in town? And you say, oh, look, here's a 16-year-old girl who lost her legs going to St. Louis. No, I think we'll go to Indianapolis. You know? Well, and it's not just a tragic accident. It's a guy who's done it 50 times. I mean, of course, there's a horrible backstory. I mean, a, mm -hmm. a terrible kind of accident can <laughs> happen anywhere. But, geez, 50 times this guy. Give me a break. I, I've lost... Um, I've lost the ability to even weigh in on these things because it's numbing 
and they happen all the time. And it doesn't seem like there's any accountability. In a situation like this, there should be some accountability, right? Mm-hmm. Beyond the criminal himself. Yeah. Who Can I tell you my fantasy? My fantasy news conference? Yes. Yeah. Okay. In a normal town after this happened, the next day, the prosecutor, the mayor, and the police chief would be on the corner where the tragedy happened, and they would say, attention all criminals, it's over. You can't come downtown with so much as an expired license plate, or we're going to throw a net over you. If you're chewing gum the wrong way, you're going to be locked up. We're going to throw the book at you. This is not your Wild West playground to go speeding around and causing tragedies. You know, great people built this city, Kevin. not yes. so that you could you, run around. You're ab- absolutely. And I, by the way, if no, you go Kevin. back to my show from when Lida Krusen, this is before Tashar, Lida Krusen, who should have known better, whose husband was murdered. Was a, she was a, the widow of a murder victim, right? And she should have been harder on crime. There were times when we had murders every day when we were racking up these numbers a few years ago where I said that. I said, you know what? She should be out in front of City Hall pounding on the podium saying enough is enough. There should be a call to action every single day yes. about crime in the city of St. Louis. And we get nothing. You know what we get from Mayor Tashara Jones' office? We get best wishes. Now, if you want... If you're going to propose something, here's the only problem for this volleyball player. She's not trans. Because I guarantee you, if she was trans, they'd have a flipping news conference and they'd roll out the red carpet or the rainbow carpet for it. There's no doubt about it. That's her mistake. You want attention in this city? If you're not in the alphabet mafia, you're not going to get it. So forget it. Just look at the mayor's spokesman's Twitter. You'll find that out right now. It's sickening, disgusting, revolting. And here's the worst part of it. There's nothing we can do about it. Because I'm here sitting in St. Louis talking about this every day on the radio for the past God uh, God knows how many years about the same scenarios repeating themselves over and over and over again. And it's a laughing stock what we have at City Hall. These poor cops are out there trying to do their jobs when they have no support whatsoever and something like this happens. It's unbelievable. And the police union said today, how many other uh, people are out there with ankle bracelets on running around unaccounted for? Oh, can you imagine? Here's uh, Valerie Shrampon, who, Kevin, who does she work for? She's a post-dispatch She is. Here's her tweet from last night. Lots of gunfire at about 10.15 last night in my corner of Shaw. Lots of discussion on our neighborhood Facebook group of hearing it. Some people on hold with SLMPD after they called. No answers on what happened or why, and we may never know. Very tired of normalizing this. My response to Valerie, I don't know her, was, hmm, if only we had a local newspaper that covered crime with the same passion, love, and intensity as they do for criminals themselves and didn't hate cops, because maybe we'd get somewhere. Then, if that stupid newspaper, who, by the way, I had to go after... Valerie's one of the good ones. You know what? She can be one of the good ones, and I'm not attacking her, but her bosses and their editorial page... And by the way, if you want to go back to the very beginning and ground zero of what happened here with Mike Brown and the BS that they spewed out to whip up the entire country into a frenzy that has now resulted in race relations every single flipping day in this country going downhill... Not uphill. So the Post-Dispatch should live with that. The mayor should live with the fact that her city is where this little girl lost her legs and her entire life has changed because of it. They need to have some guilt put on their backs because they're responsible too. And I'm not letting the, the stupid paper is, it's disgusting what they do in this town when it comes to what news is considered. And it's about time that somebody starts calling them out too. So this is going to be one. Of, I'm worked up today. I think it's because of the holiday. I'm coming off the holiday. It's understandable. Yeah, exactly. For, in this case. Well, Colleen, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. We'll keep you posted. Thanks, um, Mark. Thanks. Yeah, that, this comes on the same day that uh, 
you know, Tony Messenger, who's just a complete joke, and I don't even like to mention Tony because he's so full of complete BS. I don't like to give him and Aisha and their progressive nonsense and, and their prayers to the, you know, progressive gods any attention. But he writes this ridiculous column, which they do all the time. I didn't read it, but it was about how Republican lawmakers are so evil in the state of Missouri going against LGBTQ kids. So Ben Hockman post something about all oh, this year there are at least 27 anti-lgbtq bills really my state embarrasses well go back to wherever you came from in colorado that's fine with me but here's my request and this is a serious request for ben write a column about how you feel passionately because here's his tweet by the way i support trans women playing women's sports so ben hockman how about you write a column to show people in st louis how you really feel about men with penises competing against females Go for it. I'd love to read it. I'll read it live here. I'll have you on the show where you can back up your position that biological men can compete with biological girls and see how that goes for you, right? I challenge you that. The problem is with Ben Hockman and unfortunately with Valerie Shrimp Hahn too, they believe the crap that is in their rag. They buy into it. They, they think it's real. Unfortunately, it's not. And that leads to more problems in this ridiculous city right now. It's an embarrassment. We got a full show. Uh- Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Of a bunch of other stuff. I I haven't even gotten to the, you think I'm worked up now. Wait till you hear me when I get to the Royal Dolls stuff with um, the, the, did you hear about that this weekend? I hadn't heard about nothing. Okay. This is probably smarter that way, where, you know, Willy Wonka, Roald Dahl, uh, they're chain- you can't use fat and all that stuff now. Um, in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, they're taking the words. I'm, Are you, you kidding I'm me? Not, you think I'm making this up? The world that we live in right now, well, let me just, the country, although this is somewhat international because they do it mm-hmm. across the pond, too. It's just mind-blowingly uh, depressing. It really is. I, I don't know where, I, I don't have a whole lot of hope for <laughs> where the future is taking. Maybe I'm glad I'm at the upper end of the spectrum. There I don't you know go. if I'm in the final quarter of my life, but you know, certainly late, late third quarter. So let's just, uh, let's hope that they run out the ball in the fourth quarter and I can get out of here because I don't know what, that's pretty depressing though, isn't that it? That was yeah, uh, no, not sorry. a positive I'm statement. Not, it's just one of those things today. I think it's going to happen a few times. Kilmead's coming up this afternoon. Uh, Kusamano as well. Hey, hey, here's something positive. How about the Battlehawks? What? 
And did you see that? It was awesome. So I didn't see it, but I will tell you this. I walk into the QT yesterday morning, and there's two guys, a, a customer and a guy behind the, the counter at the gas station talking about it. I'm like, wow, the people really are excited. So you know what we have today? And this is, I assigned him our official Battlehawks correspondent duties. Who? Chris, what? Chris Smith, Chris in the country. Oh, I like it. Chris is my friend who was um, nearly killed. He was shot in the head. He's been recovering for a year and a half, and he loves the Battlehawks. So he's going to join us a little bit later. Later. Frank will have some information about the Battle Hawks as well, but we'll get into that. I love the fact. Look, it's not my thing, but I did watch the highlights. It seemed pretty cool. It was they, awesome. They made an amazing comeback, so I love the fact that people are really getting into it, and they have another road game uh, this weekend. There's a couple of Supreme Court cases and some legal things that we're going to talk about here with Hans von Spakovsky, Heritage Foundation scholar, back with us here on 97.1 FM Talk. Hans, how are you? Mark, I'm doing just fine, thanks. I, I saw this uh, this coverage of this Google case with ISIS, and I had no idea. This one I didn't see coming, don't know anything about it, so I needed someone like you who's an expert to sort of explain this. But this is something that the court heard arguments on today, Gonzalez versus Google? No, that that's right, and there's a companion case that they're hearing tomorrow, Twitter versus oh. uh, Tamanay. And the issue in both cases is is – really pretty much the same. Um, the Gonzalez case today, uh, uh, Noemi uh, Gonzalez was a 23-year-old American woman. And in 2015, she was killed in a bistro in Paris when ISIS attacked her. Remember, you recall, 2015, ISIS carried out a whole series of attacks in, in Paris, and she was one of right. the people killed. So the family sued um, Google because Google owns YouTube, under what's called the Anti-Terrorism Act for um, aiding and abetting uh, the uh, ISIS and its terrorist attacks. And what this all boils down to is an interpretation of uh, what's called Section 230. Okay. And what they're talking about here is that, you know, when the Internet was first developing, um, all these Internet providers went to Congress and said, look, uh, we're, we're not going to be able to do what we do, which is just posting content from other people, um, if we can get sued for posting that content. So Congress passed this law that basically said Internet providers can't be treated like publishers. They can't be sued for libel. They can't be sued for defamation because all they're doing is posting the content of other people. They're not making editorial decisions. Well, we we all know that they actually are kind well, of doing that right. today. Yeah. But 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 the essence of this case is the family saying, "Well, we're not suing you because you posted ISIS videos. Um, we're suing you because the way YouTube works, uh, you didn't just post their videos. You would then." Uh, recommend your user other videos. Amplify them, ISIS. in other words, right? You would, yes, yes, you would amplify them. So you were creating uh, notifications of new postings that the viewer might like or find interesting from ISIS, and so therefore you are no longer protected by Section 230. And the the, the case tomorrow is a similar case, and that one. Um, it was a guy who was actually killed in 2017 in an ISIS attack uh, at a nightclub in Istanbul. His American family has sued also under the Anti-Terrorism Act because it said that, um, in this case, Twitter, 
didn't act to keep ISIS content off of its platform and that that, that helped lead to the attack. So they had a long argument today, and um, all the justices were really active in asking in asking questions, including, by the way, Justice Thomas, who you know often said not yeah, to ask a lot. Of questions. A lot right? They, yeah, they were asking a lot of questions, and boy, a lot of them was on. Well, how does this technology work? How do the algorithms work that all the social media platforms use to sort? Content. I, I got to tell you, I, I thought you know many of the questions were really interesting questions by all of the justices. You know whether they're conservatives or liberals. And look at the end of the day, after reading the the transcript of what happened today, I I have no idea um, how the how the court is going to. Wow, come out. that's interesting because that doesn't happen very often. So let me let me ask a couple of. No. Uh, Questions for clarification standpoint. When, when you're talking about, you describe Section 230. That that is not a defamation um, section, right? That deals with the uh, Anti-Terrorism Act. Is that is that accurate? No. Or no? Oh, okay. No. It it basically shields them from liability for content published by others. Okay. The and, and but what they're doing is the families are they're using the Anti-Terrorism Act to sue uh, Google and Twitter, and both Google and Twitter are saying, well, you can't sue us under the Anti-Terrorism Act because we're protected by Section 230. So if Hans von Spakovsky was deciding this case, were you swayed? You say you can't really tell where one side is going. Were you swayed in this at all? Because this one seems to be a little trickier than some of them. Maybe that's why you had so many questions, right? Yeah, I think I think this is tricky. Um I I think the families actually made a good case when they say, look, uh, uh, Section 230 doesn't cover the social media platforms uh, making recommendations, sending email communications about content that has been published. All it protects them from is is the uh, content of ISIS that was actually published on there. I. You know, I, I, like I said, I'm not sure how the court's going to come out. I think part of what needs to happen, what ought to happen is, I think Congress needs to relook at Section 230 um, and decide whether they really want to keep that in federal law. Because, as, as I said before, and as, as we all know, but the social media companies actually have been acting well, that's the as, difference, as right? editors. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they've been, they've been uh, editorializing and, and for example— um, censoring content of Americans about everything from election matters to COVID-19 viruses. So to me, they're not just posting stuff. They are actually acting as publishers. And that's not what the law was intended to protect. So in theory, though, you could have a, a situation where maybe constitutionally the justices decide that this um, is not something they should be legally, legally liable before. But the Congress comes back and says, look, we need to change Section 230 because there's too many protections here, given the, the current state. Yes. Yeah, Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. And in fact, I think that if the if the court comes back and issues decisions in both of these cases in which they say, look, we sympathize with what happened to uh, your family members, but Section 230, you know, Congress passed right, this law right. and it prevents liability. I think that actually would be quite an incentive to Congress to do something about this. And I actually think this this might be something that could be bipartisan. Yeah, because I be. think, I, yeah, I think both sides might realize that uh, 
giving look the new york times they don't have immunity from being sued you know why why should twitter why should google why should youtube be given immunity from being sued I think that this is making a strong case for why they should not be, Hans. I appreciate coming on here. Hey, one final question though, before I let you go, just because um, I'm curious, and I think I know the answer. It's somewhat rhetorical. We're never going to find the uh, the SCOTUS leaker, are we? Well, it does, sure doesn't look like it. And, uh, I mean, I think they should have brought in professional investigators rather than having their own marshal service do the investigation. But, yeah, I don't think we're ever going to find out. Like I said, rhetorical question. Thanks for the update this afternoon, Hans. Appreciate it. Sure thing. All right, great to catch up. 337-971 FM Talk. That's that's an interesting case, and we'll we'll certainly keep track of that. And those are the decisions that won't come out until later this summer. Uh, One of the things we talked about briefly, I have to circle back to COVID because a national immunity study came out last week, and I did touch on it just a little bit. Some of us, and, and I've admitted that I gave way too much attention to the potential of the vaccine versus National immunity. However, I, there were there were there was always when I was pushing the vaccine, when I said stupid things about the vaccine, which I think some of us have to confront at this point, there was always uh, a recommendation, or at least on my part, a consideration that these vaccine requirements in businesses, et cetera, are ridiculous because you're not considering natural immunity, right? So here's Mark Siegel, and this is going to roll into something that's just epic here and very, very surprising. But Mark Siegel, Dr. Siegel on Fox, talking about the study. It's out of the University of Washington, Health Metrics and Evaluation, a very prestigious group looked at 65 studies in 19 countries and put it together and crunched the math on this and found that if you had COVID, you have about 10 months where your risk of severe infection is markedly reduced, similar to vaccines. So this is something we've been saying for a long time, and, and Europe and Israel has been saying for a long time, but the United States government has been very slow to see this. And here's the headline. Ten months is a lot longer than I thought. The other headline here is it doesn't have to be an either-or situation. I think maybe it's always been the vaccine versus natural immunity. I think both work. And I think the issue is how much immunity you have on board against COVID. And we're getting to the point in the United States where there's a lot of immunity around. But a lot of it is become uh, because of natural immunity. Now, piggybacking on that, and I have to play this early just because I think it's such a great piece of audio and it was shocking to me. Fred actually brought this to me. I had not um, heard it yet. How about old Fred yep. Bottenheimer? Over there, ladies and gentlemen. I mentioned I watch, you know, I don't watch these shows anymore. I do record them. But uh, John Stewart, who used to be very funny, I think, is the Daily Show guy before he left, and then he got real serious. And then all of a sudden, last night he was on Colbert. He decided to be funny again. Okay, interesting. Funny, but but very serious at the same time. This is what I like about biting humor, and I think he nails it here. And I don't think Colbert knew what the hell was happening because if you listen to this and it runs, bear with me here. You're you're gonna love it, and this is likely gonna be audio cut of the day, but. He's just running out of control. You can almost hear Colbert trying to pop in here, and then he can't, thankfully. There's, there's a chance that this was created in a lab. There's an investigation. A chance? Well, but I'm, I, so, I, 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 oh my if God. there's evidence, I'd love to hear it. There's I don't a know. novel respiratory coronavirus overtaking Wuhan, China. What do we do? Oh, you know who we could ask? The Wuhan novel respiratory coronavirus lab. The disease <laughs> is the same name as the lab. Yeah. That's just that's just a little too weird, don't you think? And then they ask those scientists, they're like, how did this? So wait a minute. You work at the Wuhan Respiratory Coronavirus Lab. How did this happen? And they're like, 
Mm, a pangolin kissed a turtle. <laughs> now, he, he does not let go. And again, Colbert tries to pop in here, maybe try to reel him in a little bit. Doesn't work. And you're like, no. I, you, you, the wait, name wait. of your lot. If you look at the name, look at the name. Can I, let me see your business card. Show me your business card. Oh, I work at the coronavirus lab in Wuhan. Oh, because there's a coronavirus loose in Wuhan. How did that happen? Maybe a bat flew into the cloaca of a turkey and (laughs) then it sneezed into my chili and now we all have coronavirus. Like, come on. Okay, wait a second. Wait a second. What about this? What about this? See, he's trying. Colbert's trying. All right. John. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. There's been an outbreak of chocolatey goodness near Hershey, Pennsylvania. What do you think happened? Like, oh, I don't know. Maybe a steam shovel made it with a cocoa bean. Or it's the chocolate factory. Maybe that's it. That could be. Oh, man. A rare moment of uh, not only comedy, but targeted comedy that left the host a little bit speechless last night on Stephen Colbert. Good for Jon Stewart. I was shocked but wow. impressed. There you go. One of my favorite newspaper columnists of the uh, the past has been, well, I won't say the past, it's not like he's dead, although he, he is recovering from something, but I'll get into that in a second. It's John Cass. He's from the uh, Chicago area, Chicago Tribune guy. I grew up originally in Chicago, but been away from uh, that area for more than 40 years, but I always followed the, uh, the situation in Chicago. And, you know, I think that there are sadly some similarities between Chicago and St. Louis on the crime issue. I mean, they have a lot more people but there are issues that cross over with Lori Lightfoot and prosecutors up there and our prosecutor here, like Kim Gardner, and our progressive mayor as well. And we have crime issues that are really, we, we highlighted this very, very sad story, this poor young girl who had her legs amputated. Kevin Colleen came on earlier this afternoon to say that they were going to have the physicians and her family basically, a- after she woke up, going to have the conversation with her about how she's not going to have any legs. And she came to St. Louis just for a volleyball tournament from Tennessee. And this guy had more than 50 instances of where he was off his bracelet and and not doing things that were supposed to be done after he was in custody for first-degree robbery and a gun charge. But it didn't matter because the prosecutor's office and maybe some judges didn't really care about this. So the guy's out. He flips his car. He runs into his family, into her family, and now she's got no legs. So... John Cass actually is recovering right now from some surgery, but he has a website. I think he left the Tribune altogether because the newspaper business has just, you know, gone to hell. And he was one of the rare, you know, conservative columnists in Chicago for a long time. But he handed off his website column this week to a guy by the name of Steve the Pilot. He goes by Steve the Pilot. And Steve Steve wrote that um, since my fishing buddy John, a.k.a. Johnny Two Rods, is recovering, I want to do something for him, but I didn't want to send flowers. He's no doubt restricted from eating a Berry Brothers sub or a Giannardi Italian beef from Al's on Taylor Street, but maybe a day off from putting out a column would be a nice gift. So this guy wrote the column today for John Cass. And there's a lot of similarities, again, in what we relate to here in St. Louis. He goes, the background. He started with this. I'm the fourth generation of my family to live in Chicago. My dad grew up in Uptown. My mom on Alta Vista Terrace. He kind of gets into some of the, you know, the geography. Greektown, which, by the way, I said this to Sue. If you've never been to Greektown in Chicago, it used to be tremendous. I mean, the food is amazing. And uh, he says, I have two quips I've often used to tell my story. Everyone in my family's here, either above or below ground in Chicago. I've been everywhere but nowhere. I'm a pilot. I live two blocks from where I was born. 
He says, I grew up on the north side, graduated from Lane Tech when it was technical, only lived outside the city to go to college, and I served in the Air Force. I was the only member of a large extended family to stay and raise my kids in the city. Everyone else had moved out to the suburbs. If you talk to any of my friends from college, the Air Force, or my job, I was Mr. Chicago, and I expected to die he says, of natural causes in the city where I was born. We learned the Chicago way. I love this, too, because we learned the Chicago way at a young age. One election, my dad, who worked two jobs in an entire life, decided he was going to vote in the Republican primary. If you recall back in the day, we used 55-gallon drums for garbage cans. Shortly after the election, our garbage cans disappeared, but not our neighbors. Luckily, one of my dad's jobs was at a chemical company, so he had access to an infinite number of empty 55-gallon drums. He would bring new ones then again. Ours would be... Um, gone, they disappear. Finally, we stored them in a garage until the garbage man came and put them right back in. The next election, he voted in the Democratic primary, and that was no longer an issue. That's kind of an interesting little story there, isn't it? Hopefully you got that. He gets into his his life the long haul. After the Air Force, I moved back, got married, two kids, you know, didn't have to live in Chicago, but he did. I'm going to skip over some of this. Uh, he said, my kids are not an experiment. They get one try through life. We took a good look at the CPS offering, the selective schools, and the system as a whole. There was a lot of risk, too much for my children's education. We looked at the private system as well and felt comfortable with some that we saw. Then we asked ourselves the question, time versus money. The commute time from work would be substantially less in the city, but also costs would be higher. He kind of goes into the, uh, the situation there. But I'm going to run out of time. I'm going to skip ahead here. So he goes through, the kids went to college. We did all this thing. Now, he gets to the decision. The decision is about moving from Chicago. We've been going down to Southwest Florida for 20 plus years on vacation. I love the area. Never had any intention of moving there full time. I was a Chicago boy. But what happened? COVID, George Floyd riots, crime and budgets changed everything. Let's start with COVID, he said. They locked down the city, but you could still go get your booze, pot and gamble. Not to church, huh? We went through to a drive through in car, actually peaceful protests, waving American flags to stand up against all the closings. And the Tribune reporter called us Nazis. We walked through Lincoln Park on a beautiful May day. The sun is shining. It's packed with people picnicking, playing sports. But as we tried to walk over the bridge to the lakefront, the cop is telling us to turn around. The beach is closed. Huh? He talks about how he went to Georgia. They took a vacation. They got down to Florida. They loved it. There was freedom. And then he kind of compares and contrasts. I have to rush through this because I'm running out of time. Compare and contrast Florida versus Chicago. The kids dying on a daily basis. The gunfire, the carjackings, the robberies. Sound familiar, St. Louis? He's living in Florida now. Get more at 971talk.com. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 